There's a kind of love that God only knows. Well, good morning and welcome to Press Church. So good to be with you guys this morning. Uh, for those that you are new, uh, thank you for joining us. So glad to have you. And for those of you who are online, uh, welcome as well. My name is Sean Lee and I'm the lead pastor here. And we had quite the weekend here at Press. Uh, we had our youth lock-in on Friday night. Woo -woo. Let's give it up for all the leaders who stayed up all night, making sure that your children stayed alive. Your youth stayed alive. I shouldn't say children. They're not ch children, right? They're, they're youth. They're young adults, right? Uh, nobody was injured. Everybody made it. Um, there's a lot of caffeine taken in. Um, a lot of games played, so thank you. And then we had our uh, summer party yesterday. Uh, many of you guys got to make it out, got to hang out. Um, what I love about stuff like that is we ha we've had people who have been with us like over a year who are just like meeting other people who have been with us for over a year. So like we're actually getting to know each other. That's good. Like, you know, <laughs> I like that. That was good. It's, it's, it's good to get to know each other. Um, so thank you guys for coming out, enjoying the beautiful weather. It was, it was picture perfect. Great day to hang out. Um, and then, again, I want to remind, we've got that uh, blue bin out in the lobby. If you guys have school supplies, we have about two more weeks after today that we're going to be collecting, um, and then we're going to be taking it over to the schools. And I actually got a list of the teachers from the um, secretary this week. And what I'd like to do, I think I'd, I'd like to get us to just write some letters to each of the teachers, thanking them for, for what they do. Uh, we got some coffee gift cards for them and things like that. But just so that they know that their neighbors care about them, we appreciate uh, what they're doing for our community, for the kids in our communities. Uh, and so we get to play a part in that. So hopefully we can, we can all come together and do that. So, all right, God only knows. Uh, been uh, going through Psalms in this series. God only we've been looking at the Psalms. And in Psalms, we get this, we see this picture. And we get a picture that no matter what's going on in our lives, uh, we can go to God with it. We can include him in it, um, whether it's bad, whether it's good, whatever it is, wherever we find ourselves in life, the Psalms almost give us an example, right? They give us a voice um, to God. Um, I think that there's, there's some of us, depending on how we view God, it's like he's this big thing, person, just out there somewhere in the clouds that doesn't really care about us, or maybe you think he cares, I, I don't know, I don't know what your opinion, but your thought of, but it's like, he's this out, outward thing that we don't really connect with, and in the Psalms, we just get this beautiful picture of, of, of people who just cry out to God, who, who thank him, who praise him, and we, we read Psalm 145, it's like this expression of who God is to us, um, but the Psalms are great, and I'd actually encourage you, you know, if, if you don't read a lot of, of scripture, Psalms is a good place to start. They're, they're, they're songs. They're just expressions to, to God of who they, believe God is, who they believe the God is. And so I think about that. Like, are we, are we expressing ourselves to God? I was, I was thinking through this, this week of, like, do I actually express my thoughts to God? Do, do I go to God the way that I would go to my spouse or my best friend or, you know, some close, trusted person? Like, can I give God the deepest parts of me, the parts that I'm afraid to tell anybody else, the parts, you know, things in the back. Do I actually go to God with, with that? And, and when, I, when I look at this relationship in Psalms, it, it's like, it's, it's emotional. Like there's, there's like this depth to the Psalms. It's, it's very emotional. And we got, you know, everybody here, you know, you guys are sitting nice. And it's like, 
we need to loosen up a little bit. You know what I mean? Like we're all, it's like we're so tight with God. It's like, no, it's like you see in the Psalms, people are just, they just let it out. They just give it. They they speak it. They shout it. It's it's just raw and real. It's like, are we doing that with God? Can we can we give God our emotions? Can we give God everything that's in us? Because God, God, he knows it. And he wants to be a part of, of that in your life. And so this week specifically, and God only knows, we're going to be working through God only knows our dreams. God only knows our desires. And so let's go ahead. We got the, the car video this week. The pastor's getting together talking about God only knows our dreams. Let's take a look at the video. Every time you pass sheets, it's packed. Yes. Yeah. But you know, everyone didn't want it to come. <laughs> right. They're all mad. How dare we get our sheets in our community? Okay, too. Let's go. And then now we literally, like, the whole town is meeting in sheets. Well, it's funny because my daughter's story, she w got off work last night, and her friends, they all wanted to go to sheets <laughs> and hang out. Really? They went to sheets <laughs> to hang out after work. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, there it is. The Mecca. We're going into the sheets. I can feel the magic. Guys. What's a dream from your childhood that you had? I mean, I was going to be a professional baseball player. Okay. Yeah. When, when did that, when was that dream crushed? <laughs> um, sophomore year of college when I quit playing baseball. <laughs> so you, you got, the, at least got to college. Yeah. It's pretty good. I mean, paid for my first year of college. <laughs> and talk to a couple pro scouts for me. <laughs> I also saw what it would take and I was like, eh. Right. That's kind of, yeah, it's like playing sports at a high level. Yeah. It sounds good until you you get to the playing more competitively. Like once you get out of high school, yeah. you realize just how yeah. Just how good everybody else yeah. is. Yes. And you're like, ah yeah. I don't think I can cut that. No. Like it generally does not turn out the way you would expect it. Sometimes it's not bad, but right. it's not what you expected. Yeah. But I think when we're talking about dreams, particularly as they relate to the Psalms and and and, and David expressing himself and what God is mm -hmm. is doing in all of this is uh, the desires of our heart, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and that's the thing. I don't know. I feel like we don't we don't like to talk about it like that. It's kind of like, yeah, all right, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't have time for this stuff. Right. right. You know? And and I think we we, we do sort of put away um, our real selves because mm. we're dealing with so much of life on our own. and yeah. it, Or we feel like we're doing it on our yeah, own, yeah. right? That uh, we kind of stifle our own growth right. in that you know and I really feel like that's what the Psalms are 
are, are pulling out is this openness to really express oneself and be vulnerable right. in, in those deeper parts of yourself. Yeah, you it's know? A, it, they're, they're an invitation to engage your passions, mm-hmm. it, but within the context of the presence of God. Yeah. And yeah. that scares us. Well, yeah. and, and that's why you know, I was thinking this kind of triggered me to like nostalgia. Like why people, they go back to a time when they were a kid, when things were simpler, when they, it's like when they felt, they could actually feel. Mm-hmm. It's like now we're adults, we don't feel anymore. We're right. just, you know, it's like, ain't nobody got time for that. Right. So, so, I mean, I, yeah. I got bills to pay. Right. I but that's do. why right. you, you see like yeah. this nostalgia coming out of yeah. people. It like brings back a time that. It, a simpler uh, time. Right. Yeah. And, and then we, we hold on to that, you know, it's like whatever, whatever decade was your, you know, yeah. elementary or early teen years it's like you you like that music you like that yeah because <laughs> it yeah. pulls out a part of you that you push push yeah. down yeah. and buried in yeah. Yeah. the worst uh, part of that is is we think that god wouldn't understand or right. know right. those things about us yeah. you know right. and really god is calling us to embrace our faith like a child right yeah, yeah. to to right. open ourselves up in that way yeah and and yet we choose to isolate ourselves and live in a state of survival. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's not thriving, it's surviving. Right. Right. Yeah, I feel like a lot of our dreams are around personal success mm. in a particular area or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and I wonder if we could if we explored, if we drilled down on them even further, if there's more of a there's a deeper flourishing that we're dreaming of mm-hmm. and, and our the only way we can contextualize it right now is the context of success yeah mm-hmm. but if we could drill even a layer deeper if we could figure out what is that flourishing what does that look like mm-hmm. in, in in our world now mm-hmm. so that I can still share that dream with God in a way that is you know, glorifying to him not just to me yeah and then begin to engage it in a way that wow, God does know my dreams and I, I could actually share them with him and in the process become closer to him. Yeah, if you have your Bibles with you or you want to read along, go ahead and open up to Psalm 37. And I've got a, a really long verse for you today. You guys ready for this? Psalm 37, four, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. We like these kind of verses. You like that? Doesn't that make you feel good? Delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. That sounds nice. I, I, I like that. And, and the thing is, though, we, we take verses like this, and we, we look at them as almost like promises from God. We'll read, oh, well, it's, it's a promise. I delight in the Lord, and I'm, I'm going to get what I want. It's almost like God is indebted to us, right? We're going to read this. Oh, God's, God's working for, for me. I take delight in him, but I get the desires. We, we jump to the second part of that verse. I get, I get the desires of my heart. Ooh, I've got a lot of desires. Anybody have some dreams and desires? Like, we have some dreams and desires, right? I've got some pretty lofty ones. It's like, ooh, okay. All right, God, let's, let's, let's see. You know, I've been, I've been reading my Bible a lot, God, so it's, it's time for you to show up and give me that, that raise. There's time for me to get that, you know, thing I've been saving up for. It's like I've been, I've been going to church. I was, I was at church like twice this month, so I'm doing really good, and I 
think that that, you know, interest, that love interest that I have, they really need to start liking me more. You know, that spouse I've been wanting or whatever. You name it. Like, we have these things we want, and we, you know, it's, we're going to do the good things to get those, right? And, and so, you know, even a verse like this, it's like, what's the catch? Delight in the Lord. You get the desires of your heart. Well, what's the catch? What do, what do, do I have to say something right? Do I have to do, what, what do I have to do? Sign me up. And we begin to treat God like our, our genius. You got to rub, you know, rub the, rub the lamp right. Then you get your, get your wishes, you know. So David's point in writing these words wasn't to give us like a cheat code for life, right? It wasn't like, you know, up, down, left, right, A, B, B, A, and, and you get all the wishes that you want in this world. By the way, if no one played Nintendo or Super Nintendo, you might not get that joke. <laughs> But it's not a cheat code, right? It's not just a, hey, do this right, look a certain way, fill in these boxes, and God gives you what you want. And yet we can look at a verse like that, and we can, that's what we can take. But it's so much bigger than that. There's so much more going through that. So let's, let's work through this a little bit. Take delight. That's the first, the first part of this. Take delight in the Lord. This means to find your joy in, to be merry over we don't use that word to be merry over, right? Oh, are you merry over somebody? Right. Don't really talk like that. I've heard it said like this. It's seeing God as the highest. Seeing the excellence of God. Do you see God as the highest? Like, is, is that the posture that we're in? Is seeing God as the highest, putting him at the top? We, we as people, as humans, we like to admire things. Right? It's like it's, it's, it's built into our wiring. We admire things. We admire beautiful things. We admire art. We admire all. I mean, go to the Grand Canyon, right? And you just sit there and it's, you're, you're in awe. It's like, wow. It's amazing. It's beautiful. You see a sunrise or sunset, you know, over the water, a, a big waterfall. I mean, whatever it is, it's like we, we admire these things. It's, it's, you, you recognize just the awesomeness of it uh, that's it's built into us there's there's people that we admire because of their their uh their sports stuff you know what i mean oh they're good at throwing a baseball or they're good at catching it's like so we admire their sportsness their athleticism i said that for all these sports people who aren't or for all you who aren't sports people because you're like oh you know that's sports stuff you know anyways we admire people for what they bring, for their strengths, for their skills. Uh, you think about art. Some of us like to go to art museums, and you look at these, these pictures, these paintings, these sculptures, all these different works, and you're, you, you admire it. That's, that's amazing. I remember, so I, I, was in, I was in Florence, Italy, and I went and saw the David. I don't know if anybody's been to Florence and seen the David. And I remember, um, so, so when you get into... Uh, the place that it is, you, you walk through this little hallway, and then you turn to your right, and the David is down the hallway, like it's all the way at the end, really far, and you kind of look at it from the end, and you're like, oh, that's, that's kind of cool, I guess, and, but you can tell it's special, I mean, there's, because what, what you notice is like, wow, the people around it look really small, but man, that must, that must be big, and as you're walking down this, this hallway, there's, there's all these other sculptures that are really well-done sculptures, but your eye is like drawn to the David at the end. And you almost like, you're kind of like, well, I guess I should look at these other sculptures because they're probably important or they probably, you know, 
but it's just like you just keep you just keep looking at this hallway. And I remember, you know, the closer I got, the bigger it got. It was like, oh my goodness, it's like you're getting there, and you get closer and you start seeing the detail, like. It's it's incredible. I mean, it, the 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 muscle tone and veins and and even facial expression. Like you you see facial expressions and it's you begin to just admire just how amazing this piece of art is. Like this was just a stone. Like this this wasn't there before. And then Michelangelo just had a way of sculpting it. And now here we have this beautiful piece of work. And the other cool thing is as you walk around it, so like if you, if you take and walk around, the facial expressions change. He built it so that from one side he looks confident, and then from the other side he looks timid. And you see this, these two sides of, of, of David, you know, facing the giant of like this, this power and this confidence, and yet one side that's kind of timid and, and scared. It's, it was incredible. It, it was just absolutely incredible. I actually have a, I have a picture that, of, of me um, that I wanted to share. So could we have this picture? <laughs> I, I didn't know if kids were going to be in here, so, you know, I wanted to make sure. <laughs> so, you know, I got, but, I mean, you can see, like, I, I was, like, next to, I mean, this thing just, like, towers over you. Um, I have the full picture if you guys want, if you're interested, but <laughs> I figured this would be good for, you know, if you're watching online and your kid's in the room or something like that. This is anatomy class, so. Um, but, I mean, you can even see, like, even in this picture, like, you can see the detail in his hands, the, in, the, in the hair. And it's like the incredibleness of this work. Um, it, it's, it's, it's pretty special. And I, I, I remember that day. I remember, you know, we, we continued throughout the museum and did some other, saw some other things, but I kept coming back to that room and I kept looking at the David and I was just, I was, I was literally like, I was just taking it in, like seeing all the detail. It, it was, in, it was incredible. And I thought to myself, or, you know, this week as we we're preparing for this and this idea of delighting in the Lord, do, do I, do I do that with God? Do I approach him and, and try to see him from all these different angles? Do I try to, to, to try to delight in all that he is and understanding all of his character and all that he brings? And I think this is the first place that we have to start is, is, is truly delighting in God and truly admiring who God is. Not, okay, I want to jump to him giving me something. But, but the posture of, like, I, I, I want to know him. Like, if I want to see my desires fulfilled, if, if I want to see my dreams fulfilled, then, then part of it is I have to work through delighting in God. I, I have to delight in who he is. And it's, it's been a theme through this series that, that this, this idea of recognizing the proper order of who's in control who I am in relation to who, who God is. And, and you see that in the Psalms, this continual um, posturing of you are great. You know, last week we talked, the Lord is my shepherd, right? You are my shepherd. You are the one who leads. And so I ask us today, how do we, how do we delight in God? 
if, if that's the first part of this, how do we delight in God? And the first thing I have for us today is, is seek him. The first thing in delighting is seeking him, is going and, and going to him, is seeking him. I had to go, I had to take a plane to Italy. I had to walk, I had to buy tickets, I had to do these things. I had to get in to see the, the, the David. I, I sought it out because I wanted to experience it. There, there's this like pursuit, right? Think about for those of you who are, who are, who are married, there was a pursuit in that. When I, when I had a crush on Bethany and thought she was cute, it, okay, so I thought she was cute. She doesn't know. I had to pursue her. I had to go after her, right? I said, hey, you want to come and watch the World Cup with me, right? And I asked her out that day, and she said yes, so... And Italy won the World Cup that day, so it was just a really good day. It's just a good day. But it's like I, I had to, there was a pursuit there. The, 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 the care or the interest that, that was welling up inside me didn't just transfer her. She didn't know that. I had, to, I had to go. I had to seek her out. And for us today, we have to seek. In Matthew 7, verses 7 through 11, Jesus says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened for you. Everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? God wants us to seek him. God wants us to come after him. And so this is the first part in us delighting him. You need to seek him. You need to go after. The second is spend time with him. Can you truly delight in something that you really, can you truly delight in something you don't know much about? Like you need to spend time. I think like, how many of us, you know, we, we think we like something and then we get around it and then we don't like it anymore? Or there's a food that you think you're going to like and you actually try it and then you don't like it? There, there's, there's this element that, that we have to spend time learning about who God is. There's many of us, you know, who've been Christians for a long time and you rarely read your bio. I mean, you, you'll come to church and kind of do the social thing, but you you haven't even fully embraced who God is because you haven't really spent time getting to know him. I mean, think about that. If you like somebody, you're going to spend time with them. You're going to get to know them. You're going to begin to see the intricacies and, and some of the uniqueness. You can't delight in something that you don't know, and you can't know something to spend time with. That's just part of the equation. In John chapter 15, verse 4, it says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. In this illustration, Jesus was talking, he was using the metaphor of a grapevine. He's basically saying the branch is useless if it's not connected to the vine. And, and this, this, this word here, this, the Greek word for abide literally means to remain in, to stay in, to continue in. And so it's this idea that God himself is saying, I am your source. 
if you are not with me, if you're not abiding in me, you don't know me, my power, you, you, you don't have my power, you don't have me with you. You have to be with in, continuing. So seek him, spend time with him. The third one, know him. And this is almost a byproduct of the first two. I can't delight in something I don't know. And this goes beyond just information. You think about, I knew what the David looked like before I got to that room. If you showed me a picture, I could, I could tell you, oh, that's, that's David. I could tell you what it looked like. But yet now I have a more intimate knowledge of just what that sculpture is and looks like. I was there. I sought it out. I spent time with it. And there's this knowing that now is, is a part of that. Your relationship with Jesus isn't an intellectual relationship by itself. There's people who know the Bible better than you who don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that don't believe that Jesus is Savior, that don't believe that he died and rose again. You can know a lot about stuff and not truly know. You can know of and not really know intimately. And John 17, verse 3, says this. It says, and this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. This is eternal life, to know, to know the true God, the one and only true God, Jesus Christ, who you sent. That's the gospel right there, right? God sent his only son to die and rise again. Jesus stripped, came down, fully God, fully man, died, rose again. That's the gospel. That's what we believe. That's what we put our faith in as Christians. By grace, through faith, we believe this, to know him. This is knowing him, knowing his character, what, knowing what God has done for us. And so, all right, delighting in God, seeking him, spending time with him, and then knowing him, and now we can delight in him. Do we do, we do that? And now you're like, all right, I thought we were talking about dreams. Are we talking about knowing God or are we talking about my dreams? And that's the problem. Like, we, we, we miss the first part. We miss the delighting in God, knowing God. And this is something, you know, David did such a good job of this in his writings. David was known as a man after God's own heart. And that's crazy if you think about it, because, you know, David you know, sleeping with Bathsheba, killing her husband. He's done plenty of other bad things, too. It's like, wait, that's a man after God's own heart? I've never done that. I must be doing pretty good. I haven't cheated on my wife. Yes, when? Am I a man after God's own heart? But here's the thing, David was, David was open with God. He was honest with God. He sought after God. And these are reflections of him seeking after God. These, these verses, these psalms that we're going through, and, and even psalms that weren't written by David, there's these people who have spent time seeking and knowing God and working through this life, this difficult life, and trying to figure out what to do and how to live and all these things, and they've, they've come to a conclusion of who God is in their life. And so, like I said, okay, where are the dreams coming now? When we 
delight in God, when we seek after him, when we know him, we begin to be transformed. We begin to change. Our minds start changing. And then and, and, and those dreams that, that he has placed in you, that's when they, they begin to align with who God is. And you begin to see them coming to fruition. You begin to see them changing. And it's not now just about like me getting something. It's not now just about me being comfortable or me being happy. It's now about, God, what are you doing? How am I involved in what are you doing? And now it's, you start to see those dreams inside you become bigger and not just about this me, but how does this affect other people? How does this bless other people? How does it show love to other people? How does this help those who are in poverty? How does this help people who are hurting? How does this help the orphan? How does this help the widow? And now those dreams are inside of you, those gifts and those talents and everything that God is starting to put inside of you. When you seek him and you begin to know him, now all of a sudden, I have something to give. I have purpose. I have something that's bigger than me. And it's because I delighted in the Lord. It's because I delighted in God. It's because I put the proper order of things in place. That God, you are in charge. You know all. You are big. You are mighty. You are wonderful. And, I'm, and I am your created and you love me, and you want me to be a part of that. Are we, are we doing that today? Are we delighting in who God is and allowing him to work through us? Allow him to change the way that we think, putting off these selfish desires and really thinking about how does God use me to help those of us? We, we have a sign out there, I wanna make a, we wanna make a difference in this community. Actually, our full vision statement is we want to we make a difference in this community by helping people embrace their identity in Christ. It starts with you embracing your identity in Christ. It starts with you understanding who you are because of who God is. Because here's the thing. We don't really know what's good for us. Those, those dreams and desires, we don't, we don't even know what's, what's good for us. We think we know what's good for us, and then we get it, and we're like, oh, that's actually not good for me. That's actually not, the, you know, you get something good, it's like, oh, thanks, that's, that was a blessing, and that turns out to be something that, you know, messes with your pride or messes with your selfishness. You guys know the story of King Midas, right? King Midas, he, he, wanted, he wanted that everything he touched would turn to gold. Sounds great. Oh, man, I want everything that I touch to turn to gold. So he's going around, he's touching trees and limbs and vines and different things. And it's great. And then all of a sudden, he gets hungry. And he goes and he reaches for a grape, gold. He gets something to his mouth, gold. And he's sitting there, he's weeping. And his daughter comes up to him and he, and he embraces her and she turns to gold. The thing that he thought he wanted the thing that he thought was going to be so good for him is, is now ruining his life. And so the dreams that we have, the things that we desire, not given to God, not submitted to God, not seen or viewed in relation to who God is, leads to ruin. It leads to, to a life that doesn't reflect what God wants for us. And it's only in us seeking God and desiring him and delighting in him that we truly come into who God wants us to be. 
embracing your identity in Christ is, is humbling yourself and understanding who God is first, understanding what he's done for you. He died and rose again for you because he loves you. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that we worship. That's the God that we talk about. And that's why we come here every Sunday to remind ourselves that I tend to do things that aren't good for me. And I think I know what's best for me. And I think the dreams that I have are, are the dreams that I should get. And we say that God only knows. It's truly God who knows what's inside. And, and what's, what's funny is it's not that those dreams are bad. It's not that the, the desires we have are all bad. They're usually a reflection of something good, but our, our selfishness and our pride get in, and they start to taint it and twist it and mess with it. And it's only when we give it to God that, that we truly see it come to what it was meant to be. Dylan, you can, you can come up. I had an old pastor that used to say, when you, when you know whose you are, you know who you are. When you, when you know God, when you understand what he's truly done, then you have a better picture of who you are. You can be confident in who God has made you. And let's be honest, we're all trying to figure that out, right? We're all uncomfortable in our skin sometimes. Some of us don't like the way we look. Some of us don't like the bodies that we were put into. Wish we were smarter, skinnier, stronger. We all have, you know, wish that we had something else. And this idea of embracing our identity in Christ, I truly believe it's so important. I need to talk about it more. Because at press, that's what, I, that's what I want for us. I want us to truly embrace God, but, but not in this, like, I'm a terrible person sort of thing, but, but to have confidence and joy in who God has created you to be. And I truly believe if we do that, then we make a difference in the lives of the people around us. You know people that are hurting. You know people that are struggling. Heck, most of us are in that same boat. We're hurting. We're struggling. We're trying to figure this thing out. We need to help each other. And we need to be inviting people in to this relationship because I truly believe that it's only through the grace of God and it's only through his love and through the way that he has set up that we actually grow and we get healthy and we actually help the people who need help. I was looking, 70% of Powell say they're unreligious. And that's, that's all religion. I mean, that's like not just like Christian, Orthodox, like, only 30 to 35% even say that they are religious. There's a lot of people out there that need to hear the gospel. And I would say it's even more than just hearing. They need to experience the love of God through you. Because, I don't know if you know this or not, but like church isn't the most like well thought of place. Like you ask somebody what they think of church and Depending on where you are in the country, it could be better or worse. But like here, it's like, ah, okay. If you do that sort of thing, cool, whatever. Just go to your Sunday service, leave me out of it. It's cool. We have to represent the gospel that we are claiming we believe. And when we do that, I truly believe that we will make a difference. I would love, because of this church, in like a few years, that 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 35% starts getting up to 40, 
45, 50. We could do that. You know people. You, you have the ability to, to help people embrace their identity in Christ. It's not just me and my talking. I'm limited. There's some people who are going to be, like, who are going to like the way that I talk. There's going to be some people that don't like the way I talk. That's the beauty of other churches. I've got other pastors in the, in the area. It's like we do things different, and they may talk about different things, but that's, that's I am who I am, and I'm going to try to be as authentic as I can be in presenting the gospel. But I truly believe that if we embrace our identity in Christ, that we make a difference in this community, and I'm inviting you to join me in that. I can't do it by myself. That's some of the dreams that I have. I have a dream that, that I can help gather people and that we can, because of our belief in who Jesus is, that we make a difference. I don't want to get to like 80 years old if, if God lets me get to 80 years old and look back and say, I wish I would have done more. Yeah, I'm young. Yeah, I'm naive. Okay, fine. I got one life. And so do you. Delight in the Lord. Seek him. And you'll see him starting to work through you and lining up with those dreams he's put inside of you. Let's pray. God, I, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for this time that we can all join together, those watching online, those here seated. Um, I thank you for community. The fact that we can, we can all encourage each other bring us back to a mind of who we are and in those days and weeks that we don't feel comfortable or confident that we can have people around us that we know love us and support us. I thank you for that. I thank you for the Psalms and us being able to work through these and seeing people that, that have gone before us and, and they're, they're speaking of and, and, and giving examples of your character and who you are. I thank you for that. I thank you for this time together. We thank you and praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. Actually reminded me of something. I'm, I'm not going to go too much longer. But when, when David wrote this psalm, he was an old man. It, it even says that in verse 25. He said, once I was young, now I'm old. He's, this psalm is a, was a psalm of confidence. He was speaking from experience at this point. To say, I've seen God do this. I've seen God move. I've seen when I delight in him that my desires come to fruition. That's, it's, it's not just some young kid, you know, saying, oh, I, this is what I've been told. Like, this is somebody who's lived life and is in old age looking back and he's encouraging us. Thousands of years later, encouraging us that we have a good God that we can worship. So let's stand and let's worship together. I want to remind you guys, uh, after service, we have a prayer team in the back that's happy to pray with you if you want prayer today. If anything, they'd be more than happy to pray for you. So let's continue this time of worship.
Darkness flee at his cure.